listen to hair on. From hair on, I'm listening to hair on. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, boom, do it like, like us. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still... Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we return for episode 110. Welcome, yeah, everyone. That's a nice round number. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, man, ain't ain't a whole lot been going on this week. I've been chilling at the house, taking care of shit. You know what I mean? The news has been dead. Been enjoying trying to um, make my way through the uh, the epic storyline that is Yakuza Like a Dragon. But yeah. Nice, nice. You been watching anything? Yeah, I caught this... Um, this- Kind of interesting movie. It's called Outside the Wire, uh, starring uh, Anthony Mackie and Damson Idris. Okay. I'm not quite familiar with Damson. He's actually the, I'd say he's actually, yeah, he's the main character. Um, And uh, it's about this young black drone pilot who's, um, who's like, he's very good at his job, but he's like very callous, very like, very mechanical, essentially. And the movie opens up with this. Uh, basically, the premise of the movie is it's twenty thirty six, and there's there's a oh wow, future okay yeah, and it's like somewhere overseas where the 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 um U.S. Army is main or the U.S. military is maintaining a neutral uh, a demilitarized zone in between these two uh, warring nations. One is Russia, and I don't remember what the other one is. I don't, I don't remember what the other one is. But um, so the the U.S. is stuck in the middle, keeping the peace in between them. And so in the beginning, uh, this this Sergeant Miller, his team gets pinned down. He's a group of Marines. They get pinned down, and one of their guys gets caught out. He gets shot, and while they get pinned down, sends another dude to go rescue him. That dude gets shot too. Oh, yes. Now they're Come both on, out guys. in the open. Come on. And while that's happening, they pull up a truck uh, behind them. And block off their their accent. not really their retreat, but it block off the no the only the forward. Yeah, their only way forward is blocked off. So now the only way is to go one way back. And um, but that truck pretty much pulled up to where the first two dudes were injured. So um, he wasn't he, the dude's like, yo, I'm trying to rescue these guys. But main character drone operated dude, eye in the sky. He's like, mm, yo, there's a, a heavy weapon in there. Requesting permission to go. Uh, uh, requesting permission to blow that shit up. And the sergeant on the ground is like, nah, like I got two men in there. I'm trying to save them. But the but the drone pilot is like, yeah, but the, there's a heavy weapon in there. If you let him fire it, all of you will die. So he goes and he makes the call, even disobeying his superior officer. And he blows up the um uh, uh the truck and killing those two Marines in the process. But the other dudes were able to get out and they were able to turn the situation back around. So... The the movie is pretty um <laughs> the movie has some flaws that kind of strange uh stretch uh, my suspense of disbelief but I let it slack because the movie was pretty good but one thing that was really funny is um he did he's a young black dude who dis the disarrayed direct order so they just transferred him to another location I was like yeah okay <laughs> nah that's a dishonorable discharge like, quick yeah, okay. you ain't get no pension nigga what <laughs> I was like yeah okay. a black person who can't listen they're nigga you want me? a pension they're gonna you give got you your a whole life rehab program up. okay. Well, anyway, they send him over to some other place where he has to work with um Anthony Mackie's character. And the thing with Anthony Mackie's character is he's a robot. He's not a real person. He's like super advanced technology that was, you know, basically a super advanced killbot is essentially what he is. So he's got... Um, and they sent him with him for what? Exactly. Uh, Basically, um, it was for this robot you, program. I thought you said re- rehabilitation. Yes. They sent this dude there so that he could um, work on the ground and go outside the wire. Roll credits. Uh, and um, learn to essentially be a bit more, I guess, more compassionate is what they're trying to get him to be. Because if he sees the situation on the ground, he's less likely to be so callous with the uh, missile fire. Yeah, I can understand what their point is. I think that that was a bad situation to let, to to rest that decision on because Absolutely. he saved more people than died, and honestly, that's not a matter of compassion. It's about hey, you know, you have a job, and these two two men have succeeded in getting themselves into a pickle, and you got to blow up this gun. <laughs> Pretty much, there's only 
I, I think Anthony Mackie's character is the only other person in the movie who saw it that way. <laughs> to everybody else, he's the dick that killed two Marines. But uh, to Anthony Mackie, he's like, oh, no, you're the good black, one. Though. <laughs> that's right. I keep forgetting. No, that's exactly how they would treat a black person. Like, nah, B. Nah, there's no, you killed. Were, were they black Marines? No, they were not. Oh, Jesus. They were not. Come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can't kill two white Marines and expect to get, get, get any kind the height of. height of fantasy uh, in this movie. Completely unreal. But anyway. <laughs> um, uh, so they, they after. Base, uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't know if anyone wants to see the movie. I'll give a, a little bit, a bit of a spoiler alert because it just came out and it's on Netflix. So I'll give mm-hmm. it like a couple seconds. I guess they can skip like five minutes of it. But anyway, um, the movie had a pretty interesting twist to it, right? So they played it as all right. You're gonna go hang out with uh, Captain Leo. Captain Leo is a robot, and our mission is to capture this Koval guy who's played by Theon Greyjoy, Mister Pilu Aspeg. I don't know how to. I, I don't know how you pronounce that. The A and the E are connected together, so uh, I don't know. But it's a dude that played Theon Greyjoy, and um, uh, 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 not Theon. Who's the douchebag one that you don't like? The pirate in from Game of Thrones. Oh, Euron. Euron. That's the one. He's, oh, he played Euron. God, he that he character was villain. trash. <laughs> Boy, man, you know, and um, and let me just go off on a little rant real quick to interrupt <laughs> you, because people who tell me that they love Euron really, it says more about them than it does about the character of Euron, because Euron's character was portrayed terribly. He was pretty. It was weird terrible. He was just so and weird. Then, so what it says about them is that a they have poor judge of character, but also that means that they didn't read the book because the the books in the books Euron is a fucking boss biggity boss and so yeah i don't know man fucking you're on Greyjoy. what a trash character but or in the show that is uh of game of thrones but yeah go back to what you were saying yeah um he plays the the main villain the main villain in this yeah. and so does he give a you're on Greyjoy performance no he's okay it's it's fairly standard russian russian uh bad guy fair not nothing okay. nothing too crazy wonder definitely nowhere near as over the top as it was Kenneth so Ryan over the top it. like it was like yo my <laughs> dude why 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 yeah he, he was pretty he was a pretty chilled villain but his whole thing was um he's collecting together these nuclear codes and he's gonna there are a bunch of hidden silos all throughout Russia and he's collecting these nuclear codes and he's gonna launch nukes in America. So that's the threat that Leo, Captain Leo, is pretty much sent to stop. The reason why he needs the main character is because he's actually duping the main character. He needs the main character because his programming needs another human um he, he needs another human officer there in order to ratify his decisions just in case he goes off the rails because he has his his program states that he can disobey orders as long as um his commanding officer is cool with the orders that he's disobeying essentially but he he's a robot and he's super smart and he he tricks the guy into essentially disabling uh, disabling his uh, failsafe and um, uh, tricking the army into thinking that he was dead. This is the part of the movie that, at the end of it, that I didn't... I thought it was a little bit preachy. So, the robot's endgame was that he was going to take the nukes for himself and then nuke America so wow. that everybody else would be like... Essentially, the the, the, the Dr. Manhattan plan from um, gotcha. Watchmen. He's going to nuke the, the America so that... The, they stop fighting everyone and they come together and it stops the American war machine. That was his plan. So he goes through all this stupid ass shit in order of getting um, the main character along with him, uh, Lieutenant Thomas. I don't know. Damon. Uh, no, Thomas. What the fuck was this dude's name? Whatever. Um, Holt, I think some shit like that. It was, he has a very plain last name, mm-hmm. but he, he was basically using that guy as an accessory so that he gained access to these plans and end up nuking America to start a new era of peace. Jeez. And at the end of it, right before he dies, his entire thing was a commentary on like the American war machine. And I'm like, I get where you're going, but I feel like it's a little heavy handed. <clears throat> yeah. You know? But yeah. overall, it was a pretty enjoyable movie. The twist is good. I really like the, the two black leads and very uncommon roles. Like we were talking about, you don't often see him in those two particular roles. You know what I'm saying? Like they weren't. Uh, Anthony Mackie was the super soldier, which again, again. But 
thankfully, he himself brought it up in the movie. He was like, if they made a ro- super powerful robot, why would they make him look like me? And I'm like, that was my first question when I saw this. <laughs> first time I saw this movie, I was like, wait but a wait, minute. It, it was just a moment of self-awareness. Was wait, there any kind yeah. of... Yeah, he said it's a psyops thing, right? Because when they see him, they see uh, a neutral face rather than the U.S. Army right away. Mm. So... And I was like, I guess, but I still think that some white general would I have find Anthony that Mackey's face a lot less threatening than most white faces. That's fair. I and, mean, and honestly, people... if that's if that was his reasoning, okay, okay, yeah, I think that I think was... that it might have worked on me, but I don't know. If it, <laughs> I don't know how many other people it's going to work on, but okay, cool. I mean, I can't say to have. He was playing everybody, so I guess it worked. He was playing everybody. He was playing the resistance. He was playing the army. He was playing this uh, the main character. It was he went full rogue, man. It, it was pretty interesting. It was it was an unusual, it was an unusual storyline in in that regard. So that was that was unsurprising and pretty fun. But other than that, I've been playing this um game on Steam called Hades. That's pretty fun. Yeah, it's, it was was uh nominated for Game of the Year. Nice. I yeah, Hades was very, very popular fun. in 2020. Yeah, Otto recommended it to me, so I, I checked it out, and it's been pretty fun. It's about uh, Zagreus, who's the son of Hades, who's trying to leave Hades in order to find Persephone. And every it it's really, really... I like the way how they inter, 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 interweave the gameplay with the story. Mm. So... I don't remember what he called it. I think he called a rogue light game. Basically, it's one of those games yeah. where you die over and over again, and your deaths aren't that big of a deal, right? And it's really cool. So the premise is he's trying to escape Hades to go to the surface, but Hades is like, nah, you can't, you can't leave the underworld. This is where you belong. Fucking do your job. And it's it's kind of interesting. I really like the relationship between Hades and Zagreus because. It very much seems that Hades cares about Zagreus, but at the same time, I haven't figured out why he's trying to stop him as yet because I haven't beaten it. But he's definitely he he's backhandedly stopping him from escaping, which I I find a little bit weird. But spoiler alert, I may I, he I think he's the final boss. I made it to him and it beat my ass. So so <laughs> so um, if you it looks like once you get to that point, he does have he does step in. But I do like the the Greek mythology aspect of it. Um, uh, you get boons from the different gods that power your weapons up in a multitude of different ways. So no two playthroughs are the same. Um, you have what six different base weapons to play play with. Yeah, I've been it's 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 been pretty dope, and I've I've liked in learning more about like the. It, it's the bittersweet trade-off of like death and progress, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They did a really good job of marrying those two because it's like, ah, oh, damn, I didn't beat the game or I didn't get past this point that I want to get point past, but I still gathered enough shit to make the next run worth it. And when you get back to um, Hades' palace, everybody usually has new dialogue and stuff. And mm. um, you, you meet new people on your playthrough, so um, it, it's pretty dope. Uh, you were fighting... Um, uh, I fought Asterius, the fucking the Minotaur, mm. and that was that was a pretty dope fight. He he gave me a run for my money a couple of times, and then you fight Asterius and Perseus later later on, and that's mm. yeah that that one that one was was interesting. I had a lot of matches where like I just I, it was just like man, I I'm so close, I'm so close, I'm so close, and then you just done. But it's fun. I like it. I like Hades. I'm, I look forward to seeing what the rest of the story is all about. Yeah, no, I got to try that one out. That one definitely got a, a lot of buzz from, from last year. Yeah, super fun. That's what's up. Um, So I've been hearing a lot about WandaVision. Um, that came out yeah. recently. Uh, I was going to wait until uh, there was like, you know, pretty much the, the whole season is, was uh, released before I started watching it. But Carolina, you know, wanted to to jump in on it just to see what it was all about because she was seeing a lot of the the chatter online about it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we decided to watch it, and um, I don't know. I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it. And that's just based off the first two episodes. I don't know if it's going to change this theme, but I don't personally like black and white early, four, I don't know, what is that, considered 40s and 50s era movies. TV. I think they were going 50s for like a Bewitched. So I don't know when Bewitched was out, but I think it's 60s, 70s. Or my 60s, 70s. 
anyway, I don't like that era of TV. The shit was trash. Um, <laughs> and it's a very good recreation of that era. And it has really cool, like, uh, like the it is Scarlet Witch in Vision. So there's, you know, there's times when Scarlet Witch is using her powers and there's times when Vision, you know, him being an android comes into play and their interactions... But outside of that, I don't find anything else desirable about the show. I don't know if the setting is going to hold throughout the whole season, but I don't know. I don't like I Love Lucy. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like, if, it feels like I Love Lucy mixed with I Dream of Jeannie. Neither of which are entertaining to me. That's interesting. I mean, uh, it's supposed to be evolving slowly as they unravel whatever problems fucking with their universe. So, so I, I feel like what it is is that what they did is is that <clears throat> after after Scarlet Witch left with Vision, mm-hmm. um, this is like the physical manifestation of them trying to live the 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 life that they wanted to live and. Noobs. It's being manifested through her powers where she's altering the reality to actually be uh, a, a manifestation of the life that Scarlet you want. Witch. Which I think is interesting classic and Scarlet I think Witch. that that part is cool. I, that's what, And I don't know if that's what's happening. I've only seen the two episodes. Not even, I haven't even watched the whole two episodes, honestly. Um, that does sound like classics. That's, but I, yeah. I could see that happening. I, I feel like that's what, that's what the premise is. And so hopefully, like, they break that illusion or that 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 altered reality sooner than later. Like I hope it's not the whole season they're stuck in this, and then they just unravel it at the end. Because if so, then I'm probably not going to watch it. I don't know, man. I mean, at the very least, I think you should watch it when it finishes because it, it leads into Doctor Strange. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's I'm okay with gaps someplace. in my knowledge. <laughs> I just this is not entertaining. Um, That's fair. And so I might watch it just in 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 passing because, yeah, not knowing, especially after Doctor Strange, if it's going to answer questions, like watching Doctor Strange two would probably trigger me to go back and just stick through it. But like if it's if it's thematically this way all throughout, I'm not going to rush to to finish watching it. How many episode? I mean, uh, how long is the episode? 40 minutes it's not bad no no but um yeah those, those first two episodes just weren't my cup of tea but speaking <clears throat> of disney did you hear that fucking uh mando i think is the uh was number one on the nielsen rating i think that's like the first streaming service since uh uh since the marvel netflix stuff that did that so that's awesome Good because you, Manda. Mandalorian was a really, really, really well-made series, and um, Facts. I know I never we never really got around to to doing a a season wrap up with that, but definitely at some point we should talk about it because that that was really, really um, so it was good. well put together. It was well shot. It was well casted. Like I, it just it all came together, and yeah. and they and didn't drop of it. Castings, it's like I think that might have been the best Bill Burr performance I've ever seen. I loved it. It was a great Bill Burr <laughs> performance, honestly. Um, on but you haven't seen him in King of Staten Island because honestly, he True. fucking killed that too. Bill Burr smashed that performance. Um, yeah. and man, boy, did I hate him. I hated <laughs> him in the first part of that movie, and he came around, man. He came around. He came around. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend checking out King of Staten Island. I know I sounded like kind of iffy about it when I was, you know, giving my little review of it, but it was a very good movie, and it was just very real. Like, you know, honestly, I get stuck in some things because I do consume most media for escapism, and so if something's too real, it'll just uh, it'll rub me the wrong way. But that's in no way, shape, or form uh, a knock to its its value. It's just how how I consume media. But King of Staten Island um, was very real, but definitely about halfway through, just it 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 definitely picked up in the entertainment value for me. But yeah, anyway, back to at hand, um, Mandalorian. That was a a great ride, great ride, and it was only eight episodes. Dang man, I would I could have definitely gone for more. And it was funny because I was listening to someone else um, talk about it, and they said they they pretty much um, resonated the same sentiment that I had, which was like. They could have just made this the movie, you know what I mean? Like they didn't have to give us all those other things. Like they, like it was possible to make something good and quality in Star Wars, and you know what I mean. 
Mm-hmm. They didn't have to do what they did. I mean, they didn't, but, you know, man, you, you had to fail. They had to fail with the big stuff enough in order to allow... Um, it's just like the same thing that happened with Marvel and their products, right? They had to fail with all the, the big stuff They had to initially. try it. They had to yeah. try it and see it's not good. And then when that worked, they're like, well, I guess we can give it to one of these other people and see what they... I guess at this point... Uh, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, we see what you can do with it, man. Well, I don't know. After after this last movie, they don't. It doesn't even look like they want this anymore. And it's like, no, they they wanted it. Just not what what you're doing. We yeah. actually have someone that with a vision. Also, they gave it to someone like um Filoni, who had a huge hand in the um Clone Wars series. He also mm. had a pretty big hand in Mando too. So it's like, I I, I think when you have that small core team and you give them a dedicated like task and a vision and you don't like these money people stick their dick in and make all these stupid ass decisions then you have a much better product in the long run you know and that's going to be the theme in one of our next topics come coming up too it's like you know the creative force has got to be allowed to create Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like the marketing and the focus groups and all that stuff that's all good and dandy and everyone loves cute things you know what i mean but we they like cute things the way that they did Baby Yoda, not the way that they did the weird shit in Last Jedi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there was like, uh, what was it? The, the Force Awakens, um, had a whole bunch of like weird chibi characters in it that were just oh yeah yeah those things yeah. the little animals yeah, like they were exactly. just unnecessary exactly you know they were just shoehorned in and they were clearly product like development. They were there to be made into products. Trying to sell toys yeah. and shit. And it was like, nah, you got to do it more organically. And and that's what Baby Yoda did. Which, by the way, man, Carolina showed me the most ridiculous image online of uh, a Baby Yoda doll with lashes. I don't know why <laughs> it was the cutest thing fucking ever. I was like, oh my goodness. Why that's is this Baby hilarious. Yoda so adorable with his lashes? But yeah, no, I thought that was hilarious. But um, I mean, that's just an example of organic... um Marketing. Yeah. Organic marketing. Like, yeah. they... they, they they had a a place that was open for that kind of character. They didn't just like ham, you know, ham handedly just throw. Yeah, this they weren't like, well, you. this series needs a mascot. Yeah, no, nah. we do. Mm-mm. It's like, no, we had a story where it just so happens that the main focus of the story is cute and adorable, and we all want to like hold it or some shit. I don't know. I guess that's what people do to babies. <laughs> don't hold other people's babies. <laughs> Hey, yo, let me hold that real quick. Hey, 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 that's adorable, baby. Let me hold that. that Let me hold that. Man, that's a cute-ass baby, boy. I love holding other people's babies, though. (laughs) Nah, I'm joking. But, um, yeah, man. So, WandaVision didn't really hit. Um, Dude, uh, Toby and Goigoy has some new music out. Man, I, I really, I wanted to point him out because... I really appreciate he puts out Lucy's, you know what I mean? Like I haven't seen him put out a, a, an album, uh like something that he considers an album, but he puts out Lucy's every other week with a video. And they're bangers. And he's got and and his features are off the chain. Like he got one with um Lil Keek, he's got um Sci Hider Prince, Bumby. Um he's got yo, know, his features are amazing. Royce, Black Thought, um, yeah, strong dude. ass features, dude. The features are amazing, and they're all just rapping, rapping. Like I mean, rapping, rapping. You know, and and I love how all of his videos are um subtitled. You know, and so I just that I like that. I like the format and and how he's putting his music out and how he's getting his art um um to the market. I appreciate that. Like fucking album. Like yo, shoot me a fresh ass video with a song every other week, and I'll be happy. Because that do it dance all style, yeah, man. I, what? Yes, I did. I do appreciate that from the dance hall community how they how they do that frequently, well, how they organize themselves like that frequently. But yeah, I thought that was cool. You know, it was funny. We were watching um after we watched Wandavision, we were watching some music videos. Me and Carolina, <laughs> and 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 she was really emphatic, and she actually was like, "Yo, take a minute out to 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 take a moment to to put some flowers on Missy Elliott's name because." <laughs> She was, hey, I don't know why, yo. I don't know where we had been drinking all day, but yeah, I like one of her music videos know. came on, and 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 she was she was really uh, like up in arms about how the industry never seemed to give Missy Elliott her just dues when when she was there. 
or or what she believed that Missy Elliott was due. I mean, we all get what's what's coming to us. And so, you know, not to underplay what she has achieved, but I feel like it would have been nice if Missy Elliott became the staple. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she Missy putting work, man. And 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 I really like I I put her up there with like the rhapsodies. Like a kind of femininity that that doesn't require over sexualize over sexualization, um, that still holds on to artistry. That that's about rap and making you know good music and you know all of the ancillary things that come along with that. Yeah, not to sacrifice yourself. She's a producer, a dancer, rapper. Yeah. you know what I mean. She she does the whole gamut. And so I just want to put some flowers um out there for Missy Elliott and definitely a. I, I, I want to bring Rhapsody's name into that conversation as well because I feel like she's holding she's she's she she feels like a contemporary version of what Missy was to me. Nice. Except she talks more about just real shit, whereas Missy was more party oriented. Rhapsody's yeah. her lyrics are just very visceral about the human the the black human experience in America. You know what I mean? And that I appreciate from her a lot. And so I always want to bring up her name when I can. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up in a little music section. But yeah, uh, moving on from that, one of the things that um, I, I had mentioned before, we were talking about like the the creatives have to be allowed to, to create. They have to be put into an environment to create. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been investigations going on into what happened with CD Projekt Red and um, the launch of Cyberpunk. And here we have... Uh, a, a very, very, very strong case for why it is very detrimental for administration and management and marketing to have more say in the development of a game than the yeah, people developing yep. the game themselves. The the art and the the, the, the design. Nothing and, kills a game faster than yeah, too much freaking oversight on the dev team. And, by the and 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 so they're coming in, and now the the investigative journalism's coming up, showing that like the devs knew this, and the devs the oh. devs told them the devs oh oh the, every time there was a deadline put forward to them, the devs literally thought it was a joke, like there was just <laughs> no possible way that from what they promised that they could deliver given the the deadlines, and and that's sad. And then on top of that, that demo that they the that everybody had played that got everyone amped up like two years ago, that um, come came out to be pretty much a pre-rendered. Like, none of that stuff was... All of that stuff was programmed into that demo. Damn. You know? Like, it wasn't as... They made a demo to... Yeah, they, like, they you made a play. demo game yeah. rather than a game. And then, and then they were... Then they had to scrap significant portions of that so you know that you know it, it it's sad because you know i've talked a lot about how cd project red is is such a great company and they you know they treat their devs right and they treat their customers right and blah 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 but you know it's a fundamental problem with the corporate structure it's a fundamental problem with the corporate structure this is bound to happen because when you reach peak audience, like when you're an indie dev, making better games gets you more profit because you attract more people to your game. Mm-hmm. But then you reach the peak of your audience and making good games doesn't get you more revenue. It just keeps you steady and you make maintain that revenue. And that's not sustainable in a capitalist market. And so what do you do? You go to marketing to start creating revenue streams or bolster revenue streams or to create more value in the product that you have so that you can continue that upward growth that capitalism requires. Unfortunately, the value that you are that that your product has at peak audience is relative it's stagnant. It's not going up or down anymore. But the value of marketing as it brings in larger and larger audiences to you will keep on going up and up. And soon you're going to be making more off of the marketing of your game than you are off of the actual manufacturer and development of your game. And that's what CD Projekt Red ran into. Their marketing, they marketed so heavily and they brought in, I mean, they they moved the, the they, they had an audience of 3 million, I believe, 
projected coming into it. And then their marketing team ballooned and inflated that up to 8 million (laughs) people. So the value of their marketing is, is, is amazing. If, if, if it's able to bring in that much audience that can be turned into revenue. Whereas, you know, you, the game itself, it was only drawing in about an audience of about 3 million. And so, now you're beholden to this marketing team that's bringing in all of this value and all of these customers and you're beholden to them. You have to you have to do what they want because otherwise the value of your game and your company now goes down. And so this is the fundamental flaw in the structure of 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 corporate game development and why it's you'll always get better games from indie developers. You just will because the value of an indie developer is in the development of the game not in the marketing of a game. Mm-hmm. And in your, when you're on the corporate game development end, it's in the marketing of the game. That's why EA is trash. That's why Ubisoft is trash. So that's why all of the developers, once they get bought out into the larger structures, become trash. It's not because they themselves are trash. They are doing their jobs. It's because they are being consumed or subsumed into a corrupt structure that is going to eventually end up devaluing their product because of the infinite expansion of value from the marketing end but you can only create but so much value from a video game as a developer but marketers they'll make money (laughs) from here to fucking timbuktu (laughs) it is what it is and so yeah i just wanted to to to, to point that out because and it's something that you see happen in every and it's mostly in artistic fields you find that it it has um the biggest impact whether it's music Mm -hmm. whether it's sports whether any it, it, it whenever the the individual is trying to create value outside of the corporate structure you get these weird these weird financial parasites yeah you get you you get these um situations where corporate uh structures are trying to profit off of them and just it's too exploitative they're not into profit sharing there's no there's no uh, spirit of profit sharing in, in capitalism, and so it's always going to be at the detriment of the individual, the artist, the one, the indie developer, the smaller entity. It's always going to be at a disadvantage in this capitalist structure. Moving on from that, the news has been pretty barren as of late, but one thing is no shortage of the whites are out. The whites are out, and they are protesting. You got you got the pro Trumpers. Who are protesting the other pro-Trumpers? <laughs> you got the pro-Trumpers for storming the Capitol versus the pro-Trumpers who are against storming the Capitol, and they're all standing off with the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. Which I'm like, yo, y'all niggas have the worst fucking names ever. Like, yo, yo black people be have like, guys. yo, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, let, 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 let's compare names of 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 <laughs> of uh, racially. Uh, charged groups. You got the black people have the not fucking around coalition, Black Panthers, the People's Party. What do they got on their end? The Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys and 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 uh, incels. Come on, man. I mean, they also have the Tea Party. You know, the Tea Party. Yo, their branding is trash. Black people are just swag everything out. Is the problem? They have no swagger. They are. Sw- they are. Swagless thugs, Facts. and that's the sad part. But anyway, the whites are out, and I say let them fight it out, man. That's I, and this is what I've been saying this whole time. It's like they gotta, they gotta talk this shit out, man. <laughs> Y'all gotta figure this shit out, man. Because there's not enough of us to really do anything major unless y'all figure out what you're doing. Yeah, and if we try to intervene, they're just gonna turn on us anyway. So you may as well just let them figure it out, whatever that means to them. And it's crazy because I mean they're they're protesting like I I know that on the twentieth on inauguration it's going to be some crazy shit and they're bracing for that and we could talk about that but yeah, they they're try. protesting right now at state capitals. That's uh, yeah. What are they protesting exactly? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're protesting the they're protesting the steal. Stop the steal. <laughs> they're still protesting. Stop the steal. And they're protesting not wearing a mask. Some they're still protesting shit. not wearing masks, bro. Shit. I just don't get it, man. I, I just don't get it. Me either, man. That shit is lost on me. 
you know, and 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 it's going to be interesting on inauguration day. So so so, what what do you got on the Deadpool? I mean, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Oh, you don't got it popping off? Nah, because I got seventy five, twenty five to pop off. <laughs> nah, I think I think they blew their wad on the first one, and unfortunately, nah, they didn't. Br- they didn't bring. They, nah, you think so? Fuck. <laughs> they blew their man. They're the trash. If that was their wad, here's the thing, right? Like their, that was a weak wad, bro. Gross. Pause. <laughs> their big mistake was they made influential white people afraid. Right? That's a big problem. When when black people do that, laws get passed against us like that, and that more often than not, we don't even do anything. That's why I didn't believe that that guy that that guy murdered two two white marines and and got away with rehab. <laughs> I didn't believe you. Feel me? A lot of that movie was just clashing with what I know. I don't believe you. Like the U.S. and a whole bunch of shit. But yeah, for real, (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally with it, man. Like, you know what? It's such a thing that the robot itself had to address it in the movie. He was like, "Why do I look? Why do I, as a product of the apex of American um, military technological advancement, why do I look black?" He brought that up as a point. Whomever wrote the movie was was at least that aware of America and like. There's a Nate Parker film coming out that I think that it's like, oh man. I don't remember yeah, the name watch, of that but thing, anyway, but anyway. But yeah, I know I don't know what you're talking about. I just don't remember the name of it. But yeah, um yeah, because they because they they unfortunately they put the, the their <laughs> and what's worse is they actually have people in Congress that are doing things like walking around medical detectors. So like, why are they doing out. that? They're why are they evading the metal detectors, yo? They're why are you being weird? People, why are, are you being weird right now? These are people from the hood who are like, oh yeah, that's 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 homie. He always got a strap. Nah, these are white people who live fairly sheltered lives and are used to a certain degree of protection. And you made in one of their most safe places, other than their houses, of course, you made them feel very afraid. And and honestly, there's there's no real religion. Like, there's tons of religious undertones in American society. I get that. But when we're talking about real sacred areas, the Capitol building is a sacred area mm-hmm. in American For culture. Them, absolutely. Yep. I, prior to this shit happening, I didn't even know that going in there was like a crime if you were like invited or weren't supposed to be there or and shit like no, that. No, no, no. You technically, most of the time you can, but just like all federal buildings, that makes whether sense. it's open to the public that or not, makes sense. you still, it's a federal it's, building. You're right. you know, it's a federal building. So just there's going to gonna be, them, you got to have go through checkpoints exactly. and shit and do all kinds You're of welcome to, to go in, point. Good point. but they'll probably stop you. And if you don't have business, then they'll probably turn you away. Good like, point. you know what I mean? So if you force your way on, oh, Oh, yeah. Damn, so if I you force your way through the that. checkpoints, that's when they started breaking the law. That's yeah. why they were let into the front the front part. But it's when they pushed into the latter part that they started shooting the terrorists in the face. Fuck Ashley Babbitt, by the way. Because the fact that they are fucking fighting more vehemently to try to get her justice than Breonna Taylor says everything I want to know about America, man. Fuck that bitch, bro. She was a terrorist. And she got what she she got what terrorists get she when died you attack what she loved. Good. You want to know what? what It's not like she was sitting in her fucking bed, reading a book, reading the notebook, while and then was murdered. No, she was storming the fucking Capitol. You fucking weirdos, stop lionizing this bitch. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to fucking mince words about people who were fucking attacking the Capitol building. Sorry, because guess what? They wouldn't mince words if I died in my bed. So I'm not going to fucking care when they get murdered. Get storming the Capitol. That's their bad. It's not like the Capitol Police came into their home. At that point, we'd have something to talk about. You know, and and I think D.L. Hughley said it the best, man. The terrorists are winning. When you could storm the Capitol and go to jail and then make a fucking argument about the the, the organic nature of your food, the terrorists are winning. (laughs) They're definitely winning. Oh, man. And And if Trump gives out these pardons, they they would have struck another victory. It's shameful. It's shameful. If, Amer- if if I thought it was shameful when they elected Trump, this is the most shameful era of American history. Most shameful. I absolutely believe this will go down in history as the most shameful era of American history. 
Hopefully, I think they learned that they just they they've been sweeping white supremacy under the rug for the longest time, right? <sighs> for a long, for the, long they've time. They've just been trying to pretend that it's not there, and it's just like, eh, whatever. It's it's like it's literally like their cousin that comes to the to to the Christmas party and says racist shit. They're like, yeah, but that's Jerry. He just does that because but, they benefit from Jerry's presence because absolutely. nobody fucks with them because they know that you got a crazy cousin Jerry. Absolutely, they and so they they benefit. Absolutely. It's that's the white privilege. Guess what? call him crazy jerry for a fucking reason mm-hmm. it's a shame and and america's gonna have a reckoning to that they're gonna have to come to a lot sooner than they want to mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to deal with these white supremacies y'all been letting you them run to. wild for literally hundreds of years you gotta you gotta the, the especially especially because and 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 i'm gonna and i know it's real tinfoil hattie but i really think that the 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 masters of this country the those tech giants that are gaining more and more influence and power over our lives, they don't, they're probably a lot cooler with the, the multi-ethnic diverse coalition than they are with the white supremacists. And so that's really what the problem is. If it wasn't for them, the white supremacy would be winning outright. Mm -hmm. And so now we either, and, and that's the shitty quandary that that puts minorities in. Yeah, the they, only people fighting for you with any power to back you are fucking slave masters are themselves. You. Yeah, people are exploiting you. People who are exploiting you and don't have your best interest without, in mind. They can't be billionaires without your labor. Nope. Or without exploiting every facet of your life. Mm-hmm. Your very data. The metadata. The very, the very data that is created by your existence and movement through the internet, they want. And they monetize. And they won't share with you. You know what I mean? Like... That's the shitty quandary that this country is going to find itself in. And let me tell you, I don't, I, I, fuck all of that. Fuck living under white supremacy and fuck living under the fucking oppressive, cosmopolitan, uh, uh, globalist idea of what tech giants think the world should look like. Fuck that too. Fuck all that. Because there's a it, there's a much more achievable egalitarian world that we could go for, that's way cheaper and easier, and doesn't and no one's gonna fight you tooth and nail about it, but you just refuse to acknowledge exists or work to and work towards. Nah, B, I'm good. We gotta try to make it work, and 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 we gotta try at least for the best possible outcome before we say it's impossible. We haven't even tried for a reasonable outcome. And yet, the, and 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 everybody wants to say, "Well, not nah, we got to go the the authoritarian surveillance route." Sorry, like, wow, we never even tried any of those intermediate steps, none. But it is what it is. That's what that's why the whites are fighting, bro. That's why the whites are fighting each other, because you know you got the crazy Trumps, Trump supporters, and then you got the 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 stupid trump supporters and you got crazy fighting stupid and and i don't know if uh if anyone wins i don't know if anyone wins from that from You're that tearing this family apart yeah it's, it's pretty a shame much what's happening yeah but what are you gonna do the inauguration I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens hopefully you know you there will be some uh movement or progress or resolution in one direction or another because it's a fucking endless just throwing it up in the air and 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 riding one shitty situation to the next just it's getting old it's getting real old you don't like that that seesaw of emotions no nah, the seesaw of emotions is not coaster. where it's at it's not even a re- it's not even a roller coaster that would imply that you're moving forward this is just up and down it's you're just, you're moving nowhere and just flailing up and down really... all right we're rolling Yeah, um, actually, I, we'll probably wrap up on this topic, but something that uh, I've been seeing a lot of people talk about, I've had a lot of people ask me questions about, and that's Bitcoin. And so I figure I'll do a little primer for our listeners so that at least you guys can be educated when you hear people talking about Bitcoin, purchasing Bitcoin, the value of Bitcoin. Because all of these things are, are, are not nebulous terms. You know, but they're also not very straightforward terms. Not every 
not a lot of people understand what you're getting into when you're attempting to interact with Bitcoin. Okay. So to start off, you can purchase Bitcoins as a currency to transact in. And that is the same as attempting to convert your your money. Like if you wanted to get yen and you wanted to use your dollars to obtain a certain amount of yen, it's the same same thing that you can do with bitcoins. Okay. Okay. And so that is that is purchasing bitcoins for currency. And that's not trading in bitcoins or anything like that. That's that's just having bitcoins that you can use for transactions. Okay. That's not what most people are talking about typically. But honestly, on our level, most people that you know and speak to should only be transacting in Bitcoin in that level. We are not of the level of of investing when it comes to Bitcoin, but we'll get to that. Okay. So Bitcoin is is a currency similar to any other foreign currency with one major exception. It is not based in any country. And so the value of Bitcoin is not based on any politics or region. And so uh, if there's a civil war in Syria, their their monetary value will plummet because it, people will stop transacting in it. Okay. Uh, or if you have a transition of power like in America that's going rocky and the American dollar is now dropping in value. You know what I mean? That's... Yeah. The, Bitcoin is immune to that. It is not tied to any country. No individual country's politics will affect the global value of Bitcoin, of a Bitcoin. Okay. And so that's why, um, and that's an important feature of Bitcoin, because when we get to the next level of Bitcoin, you'll understand that a little bit better. So that is just the, the, the existence of Bitcoin as a currency. Okay. Now, when people say, I want to purchase Bitcoin on the stock market, that is a different type of transaction, okay? At that point, you are not transacting in Bitcoins. You're not purchasing Bitcoins. You're not purchasing any value of Bitcoins, okay? What you're doing is, is you're buying shares in the primary company that, that governs Bitcoin exchange, so what you're purchasing stocks in is a Bitcoin exchange. It is the biggest exchange in America that public that that has opened itself up to be publicly traded, okay? So it's a company, it's a bank of sorts that its main store of value is bitcoins rather than let's say gold or American uh, Federal Reserve notes or whatever. And that is what you are purchasing stock in. Is you are purchasing stock in the Bitcoin exchange, not in Bitcoins as a thing. Okay? That would actually require a different type of trading. You can do that. Similarly to how other hedge funds and large money investors participate in what we call the foreign exchange, which is where you... You pretty much, you transact in large batch currency exchanges, playing the margins for the, the, the shifting value of money. So let's say I have a hedge fund that governs $5 billion. And right now, the currency exchange is... 1 to 100 in yen. And I'm just using yen because I like yen. Um, you could use this. This is generally the same for any currency. Okay. I decide, you know what? I'm going to take 2.5 billion and I'm going to change that 2.5 million dollars into yen. That is a major, major movement of money into that economy. But then what happens? If I move all that money into that economy, That'll go into the banks, the banks will invest, and then guess what will happen? The value of yen will go up. And so now the value of yen, probably after such a sizable investment, could go up marginally, maybe. You know, it could go from 100 to 1 to 101 and 1. But now you have $2.5 billion worth of yen. 
that you can now sell back to get dollars at the increased value. This is foreign exchange trading. And that is how you can get into actual investment trading with Bitcoins themselves. Unless you're doing that, unless you have billions of dollars to move through economies and not only have billions of dollars, but also the ability to move it legally into other uh, economies on a foreign exchange, then you're not doing anything. All you're doing is buying shares of a publicly traded uh, exchange for Bitcoins. And yeah, as long as Bitcoins in the world are still being transacted, that that Bitcoin exchange will maintain a value. Now, is there a way to make money off of Bitcoins? The answer is yes. As a trader. And now this is not... If you're going to get into the stock market and trading, you you, you need to be looking at anywhere from fifty to $100,000. If you're not moving with that kind of money in the market, you're not... All you're doing is adding value to someone else and getting small marginal amounts back. And the only reason why you're encouraged to do that by other people is because they need a large volume of small traders like that to make their money. Never take advice on stocks from people who actually invest because they're always going to tell you to invest in what they're investing in because they want to, it it would be antithetical to them, uh, to their bottom line for them not to. They have to. And so one of the things you got to do is you got to understand where your, how your investments are valued. So can you make money on Bitcoin in the stock market? The answer is yes. And the reason why is because internationally, this is something I was mentioning earlier, Bitcoin is used as a store of value when currencies are volatile. So we'll use America as an example right now. Right now, the currencies are volatile. The dollar is volatile right now because the transition in power in our government is shaky we you know people don't know how long it's going to take to get stable they don't know what kind of monetary policy is going to follow once it does get stable all of that good stuff so what people will do is is they'll take their money out of dollars and transfer them into bitcoins because bitcoins they don't change in value they're not tied to any terrestrial politics and so you can safely store your value in Bitcoin while the American market sh- uh, uh, fluctuates. And then once it settles down, just transfer your money back into the market without losing any value and possibly gaining value. So as long as people are doing that and transacting on a large scale like that, as long as hedge funds find that to be a, a profitable uh, venture... The Bitcoin exchange itself will always be of value. And the value of the Bitcoin exchange will be directly proportional to the volatility of the American foreign exchange value. So if the volatility is high in the foreign exchange market, then the value of the Bitcoin exchange will be high. If the volatility is low, then the value of the Bitcoin exchange market will maintain value. And so that's how you can kind of determine whether it's the right time. Because can you make money? Yes, but you have to time it right. Right now, in the moment of volatility, the Bitcoin exchange is in high value. So you do not want to get into Bitcoins right now. You want to wait until a moment of stability to get into Bitcoin and then wait for the moment of volatility to come. That's when the value of the Bitcoin will rise. The Bitcoin exchange will rise. You can sell it, wait for the volatility to go away when the market drops back to whatever the the stable rate is. You can buy back into Bitcoin and then wait for the next volatile area. But you can only do that if you are a very keen on on watching foreign exchange volatility 
being able to time your your investments into the Bitcoin exchange thusly. And that's not easy to do. And there's a lot of random shit that goes into that. That's not just a, it's not just a, well, this person does this and then that person does that. And then the market responds uh, thusly. There's a lot of underlying factors that go into the volatility of the foreign exchange market that, you know, you really can't, you can't, uh, you can't foresee. And so that's why I never recommend people get into investing in Bitcoin. Because first of all, if you have that much money, there are better investments than Bitcoin. And second of all, to make Bitcoin valuable, you have to have someone monitoring the foreign exchange markets and, and to maximizing your buying and selling of the Bitcoin exchange value. And so, you know, that's just a little primer on, on Bitcoins, using them as currency, Bitcoin exchanges as an IPO on the stock market, and then bitcoins as a store of value in foreign exchange markets. Those it, bitcoins exist on all three of these levels, and and you have to understand where you're engaging with it. Ninety nine point nine percent of the people are engaging with it on the ground level as a currency, and you can buy bitcoins as as a as a mode of currency for international exchange, or even you know domestic exchange in some places in America. Some places do accept bitcoins, but um. That's really all most people are fit. If you have a couple million under the belt and you're going to make some good size investments, then yeah, you might want to invest in the the Bitcoin exchange on the on the um open market. But doing so, I highly recommend that you also have someone watching the foreign exchange markets to maximize that investment or else it's just going to be a dead investment. You might make margins on it, small margins on it, but you won't be making big money plays off of it not going to happen and then of course if if you're trading on the foreign exchange market then have added hoss i got nothing i can say to you because you are out of my league but yeah you know like you know let's let's everybody wants to jump into the into the into the stock market game and all of that good stuff and and it could be something that that that's profitable but it won't be just like most things it your chances of success are are less than 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 uh, optimal. That's for sure. But you know, you know, we, we got you got options. You know, hopefully, if that's something that you're interested in, that was that was helpful in in giving you some understanding as to what's going on when people are talking about Bitcoin and what they are and what they could be used for and how to get into Bitcoin and all of that stuff. You know, getting into Bitcoin can mean several things, whether it means investing or just purchasing Bitcoins as currency. You know, I mostly became interested in Bitcoin um, just as as something that could be useful in the future as as a, a as a measure of value. Um, once we start to get away from capitalism, you know, because capitalism is very is based very much off of a certain value system that that comes about because of money and its relation to resources and so forth. Bitcoin is a way of of tracking value that we can attach whatever we want to. You know, bitcoins don't have to, you know, bitcoins can store, you know, value that we all uh, so, uh a social value that we create that could be more useful than, let's say, the kind of monetary value that we use to distribute resources now, as we realize that in a world with abundant resources, we really shouldn't be holding, we shouldn't be restricting access to things like food to people. We shouldn't be restricting access to things like homes to people and medicine. And so if those things, if people aren't making money on those kind of things, if those kind of things are just in ready abundance, how do we value things? And Bitcoin is an interesting way of, of kind of looking at the world where the value is ethereal. You know, the value of Bitcoin is whatever we say it is technically, <laughs> but the real it's strength magic. of Bitcoin is it's, is it's blockchain technology and its ability to track value over time. You know what I mean? Through transactions, through a, a, a commerce system. And so Bitcoin has a lot of value in a, in a future society where we get away from the whole, 
capitalist money perspective. And so that, that that's where I really became interested with Bitcoin. But yeah, you know, blockchain technology, I think, is going to be one of the biggest technologies of the future. Um, it's not only going to be something that underlines how we track and store value, like in Bitcoin, but it could be a way for us to to uh, track and have a open ledger of political of social engagement in the public sphere. You know, in a world where people are trying to move uh, the the public space to to the internet, we need something like blockchain technology to 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 verify and ratify individuals and what they're saying, you know, or what they're putting out into that sphere. Whether it's, you know, we're, we're, we're tying our identities to a, a blockchain um, persona or what, it, it'll, it'll be interesting. But I think it's definitely uh, got way more implications than just the, the Bitcoin technology. Uh, the blockchain uh, technology that underlines Bitcoin it's going to have a very interesting uh, future for us. But, yep, yeah, we'll go ahead and unwrap on that. I'm done uh, ranting and raving. But, yeah, I appreciate you guys joining us. You can find us on the social media um, on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and on Twitter at Karee underscore T and at Home Heron. You can catch me on Instagram at Rico underscore D sound. And always remember, guys, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn. Thanks for joining us, guys. Peace. Take it easy.